Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Twirl Talk Podcast. I am your host, Liz Cox, and y'all, like I say every day, today's a good episode, but like for real, for real, today is a fantastic episode. If you're like me and you're like, new year, new me, 2019, I'm going to conquer all the things. Honestly, one of my goals this year is to be debt-free, and our guest today is like my number one cheerleader. She may not know that, but she is. Um, she has like reshaped my whole mind when it comes to money, and I am so stinking excited for y'all to listen to our conversation today. Um, I've got Rachel Cruz as a guest on the show today. And if you don't, if that name's not familiar to you, maybe the name Dave Ramsey is familiar to you. Um, this is Dave's daughter and she is smart as a whip, so much fun, hilarious, and so, so wise. Um, if, if you don't know who Rachel is, let me tell you a little bit about her. As a number one New York Times bestselling author and host of The Rachel Cruz Show, Rachel helps people learn the proper ways to handle money and stay out of debt. She's authored three bestselling books, including Love Your Life, Not Theirs, and Smart Money, Smart Kids, which she co-wrote with her father, Dave Ramsey. Today, we're talking all things um, wedding planning and doing so and the framework and mindset of being debt-free as you do it, how that's possible. Um, And she also shares some just amazing life advice, marriage advice, all good things. She's like your smartest friend. I just want to put a mini Rachel in my pocket and have her in in my back pocket all day long. Maybe that's creepy. I don't know. But (laughs) anyway, without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy this awesome conversation with the amazing Rachel Cruz. Friends, I am so excited about who's on the podcast today. We have the amazing Rachel Cruz. I could talk about her all day long. Rachel, your book has changed my life truly, but I'll let you introduce yourself for our friends that don't know you a little. Just tell them who you are, what you do, family, all that good stuff. Whatever you want to share, we're all ears. Oh, awesome. Okay, well, I am Rachel Cruz. I'm currently here in Nashville where I live. And I actually grew up in Nashville. Nashville's kind of become like a melting pot, I feel like, from people all over. And so it's rare for someone to actually be from Nashville, but I actually am. Um, And yeah, my dad is Dave Ramsey. And so that kind of explains a lot of probably (laughs) how I grew up and how I do or why I do what I do today. Um, But you know, my, my parents were just such, uh, Lily, such an important foundation in my life when it came to money and understanding how it works. And it was a gift that I really was given in my siblings because now as an adult, I look and I see, okay, not everyone was given that. Not everyone was raised in a home yeah. where people talked about money and, you know, the emotional toll it takes on you, how you handle it, what, it, where does it come from? And, you know, do you give it, save it, spend it? How do you do this? Do you live with debt? Do you not live with debt? You know, all of these questions we have. And those were really all answered through uh, my parents and through us experiencing and handling our own money from a young age. So all that to say, that's kind of the foundation of my story, especially when it comes to my job. And I started traveling and speaking with my dad at 15 years old and I would go out on the stage at some of the breaks. They'd have these long all-day Saturday events called the Total Money Makeover. And I would come out and do this like five, 10-minute little pitch on our kids' products. And I had like the top 10 reasons why it's tough to be Dave Ramsey's kid and like <laughs> all this stuff. And so awesome. I I learned early on though that I loved to 
to public speak. I loved speaking on stage. I so enjoyed that. And so uh, I kind of had that in the back of my mind. And then when I went to college, I went to the University of Tennessee. And that's when my little financial bubble, I like to say it popped. And how I grew up was totally, you know, I knew people as adults made mistakes with money, but as I was watching my own friends at 18, 19 years old, yeah. sign up for credit cards and have student loan debt and all this stuff. And, mm-hmm. and then that was the moment I always say, God kind of like shine the spotlight, I feel like on me, uh, meaning in my own life, not publicly, but just yeah. on me and to be like, Rachel, wake up. Like, mm-hmm. this is an issue that everyone has. It doesn't matter their age, their demographic, where they are. Like, this is a huge problem. And so that kind of saw it for my own, in, through my own eyes, if you will, and really just grew a passion for teaching people how to handle money and how to do it well. And so when I graduated from college, I kind of like jumped on that bandwagon and I was like, this is what I want to do. I remember sitting down with my parents and I was like, I want to do this. Like I want to travel at the time to high schools and colleges and teach people, you know, as young adults and as teenagers, how to do this so they don't have to make the devastating mistakes with money, you know, maybe their parents had made. And so that was almost 10 years ago, which is crazy. And so uh, my message has kind of changed, you know, as I've, I've married now, uh, almost nine years, we have two little girls, Amelia, who's three and Caroline, who's 15 months. And so, yeah, so it's definitely changed. A little, you know, my message, um, the principles are the same, but who I deliver it to, if you will, have yeah. kind of grown. So it's less teenagers and now um, a lot of women. And so, yeah, yeah it's so great. It's so fun. I love that so much. I knew bits and pieces of your story just from your book, from reading your book, but hearing you say it is just so fun. And it's so cool to to see how your trajectory of your of what you're doing has changed with each, each season of your own life. And I love it because your message is, hits home on any season of life. You know, for me, I'm 27, single, and you really did empower me to love my life, not theirs. That's right. right. (laughs) And debt-free living is possible no matter what season you're in. And that's amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you said that because honestly, that's like one of, um, one of the things we try to do around Ramsey solutions is we always say like cookies on the bottom shelf, like money's intimidating and money is shameful because a lot of people have made a lot of mistakes. I mean, we've all made mistakes with money, but on different scales. And so being able to show people that it is, it's so true that personal finance, it's 80% behavior. Mm -hmm. It's only 20% head knowledge. Like it's common sense, like Mm -hmm. saying live on less than you make. Like I say that on TV sometimes and the host is like, you are so wise. And I'm like, you know, and if you don't have the money, don't buy it. It's, so it's all these, these common sense principles, but doing it is what's hard and living in our world today with social media and reality TV and seeing what everyone across the world has and what you're missing, that's where the discontentment creeps in. And that's when debt becomes a part of people's lives a lot of the time, whether it's just not planning well or just completely wanting things out of the lifestyle that we can afford. And so it takes a very, uh, I would say, mature person. It takes a lot of maturity to say, you know what, I'm going to choose to live within my means and set some boundaries for my life, actually control my money versus my money controlling me. But the freedom that comes from that, those decisions, it's, it's remarkable. And so uh, it's something that's fun to be able to deliver that hope for people yes. in, in a subject yeah. that can be so hopeless. Well, and that's a perfect leeway into what a, what I want us to talk about today. And and you've said it. Social media is such a huge enemy in telling us the lie. Oh, you have to have all of these things for a happy life. And in our industry, the wedding industry, it's on steroids. I mean, Pinterest is, oh gosh. Oh, girlfriend. <laughs> <Right>? Terrible. <laughs> it's the worst. Oh, I know. And so spending beyond your means is almost expected when it comes to your wedding planning. 
but having an amazing day and a beautiful wedding and still being debt-free is possible. And I would love for you to speak to that today. You talk about it in your book and I would just love for you to dig a little bit deeper with our listeners about that today. Yes. Well, there's just kind of a couple of philosophies you can kind of think through as you're wedding planning, but a big one is to have a budget. And that's a problem I see, like this could be for a car. You could use this stuff, you know, when you go buy a car or buy a home or go on vacation, but it's so true. The budget will give you a limit and a boundary and you have to stick to it and say, okay, this is what we have. This is the amount of money. And whether you're, you know, maybe if you are getting married and you're engaged right now, like if your parents are helping pay for it, then have that it's not um, entitled to ask them, okay, hey, I would love to know just a solid number so that I don't take advantage of you, that I don't get down the road and you all say, oh, I didn't realize it was all going to be so much. Like, let's plan ahead of time. Or if it's you paying for it, then you know, okay, this is the set amount of money. You and your fiance have decided this is what we're going to spend. So Mm -hmm. the budget is key. Um, Another thing I see, which you're more of an expert in this area than I probably am, but the (laughs) venue is a huge budget buster. And so to go ahead and plan out, okay, we are going to get married somewhere um, that we can afford. And maybe it means, maybe you choose a more expensive venue, but you're gonna have to cut other things. But that's just one overarching um, subject or category in the budget Mm -hmm. that can really be kind of finagled to be like, okay, where can we get married and not spend Mm -hmm. all the money on the actual location? So that's big. The wedding guest list, I mean, if you can cut people, I, I wish we could see each other. It's going to be audio, but you just like shook your head like, amen. Oh, you yeah. have to list. And that's a mistake even we made. I'll be honest. Like I was the I was first to get married out of my siblings. So my parents, um, and we both come, my husband, and I both come from big families, like big extended family. Mm-hmm. And I'm an extrovert. I'm like, oh yeah. Like a party for me was like the best thing ever. I was like, yeah, let's just like, and let's just invite everyone. But I look back on like my wedding photos and I'm like, which granted, my parents paid for our wedding. I'll be honest about that. So there is a matter of respect of like, okay, you know, they, you know, helped with the guest list, which is totally right. fine. Totally. But even they look back and they're like, we cannot believe like we did all these people. It yeah, was just yeah. insane. And and you know, with most of the time, like per head, that's usually end up how you're doing your exactly. food and your seating and everything. And it just raises so much. And I hated the feeling, but when we got people declining that they couldn't come, it was like a yes, I'm yes. so glad. Like, right? I'm like, man, and I always felt so guilty of that. But if you can get to a point where like, you know what, we're gonna minimize the guest list and just have the people, that's gonna help save you money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, beyond a shadow of a doubt. So those are the two big things for sure. But the budget is key and just knowing what you can stick to because some people have the dream of having like the really nice dress and they don't care to have a band. So they'll right. like, you know, outweigh. But that's what you're able to do is just plan ahead and don't get caught up. I my brother got married. Uh, gosh, about six months ago oh, uh, to Allison. And she's just wonderful. We love them so much. Oh, but I told them, my, my husband and I, we were laughing. We we're like, listen, like whatever you're given to pay for this wedding, like cut it in half and save the rest for marriage counseling. Yeah. <laughs> because that's going to be a whole lot better of an investment than this one day. Yeah. Uh, they probably didn't listen, but well, yeah. yeah. It, it is like you want to enjoy the day. I'm not one of those people that's like, it's just one day. Who cares? I'm like, no, it's your wedding. Like people it's dream about day. this. So yeah, you want to enjoy it and make it what you want. But uh, there's definitely ways and big items that you can look at to really help save. Exactly. Absolutely. And practically, what did you all prioritize mostly when it came to your budget for your wedding? Um, the prior, uh, a band, we really yes. wanted a band instead of a DJ. <laughs> so we were like, we, we, we will pay for a good band. So that was yeah. one thing. The food, um, yeah. I look back on it, I'm like, you know, what? and I, and I could have done, I kind of went, I was big on like, I got, we got married like 
I was actually, I had a semester left in college. I actually got married in college. I couldn't believe I was that girl. I thought I was going to like move to New York City and like do the career thing. It's not funny. Yeah. Oh, it's so crazy. So, so I was like, I want sushi. And like, I like had all this random food, which was fine, but it just drove the price up. I'm like, I should have just said a standard, you know, good food still. We want a good quality, but like I did all this random stuff that I look back. I'm like, that was so silly. Um, so yeah, the, the bands, the food, and then the food, we did a a nice photographer. Yeah. Which now that was, was, yes. But that was like 10 years ago where not everyone did photography. Now like three of my friends could totally shoot a wedding and the pictures would be beautiful. You know, now it's like you have so many options and back then you really didn't. So you pay, I feel like we paid a ton for it, but, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, but it was totally worth that. That was a, that was worth the money. Exactly. And I think that's what's key is within your budget, prioritizing what matters most to you. And yeah, and working around that because, you know, here at our boutique, we watch girls blow their budget sometimes on their dress, which is fine with us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, or they'll surprise themselves and spend less on their dress than they had planned on. And then we're like, well, great. Well, now you can allocate more money to something else or you can save that money. So it is, it's just always having to be conscious about where your money is going and how it's being spent. It's it's funny though, we see more times than not, although people are very serious about their budget and that's great, most of the time we find that people, uh, everyone is kind of in the mindset of, oh, well, I'm gonna blow my budget anyway, so what's it matter? I'll just tack this on and that on. And the truth is, is that it doesn't have to, you don't have to do that. That's that You really don't have to blow your budget when it comes to your wedding. No, you don't. And what happens, and, and I almost think of vacations kind of in the same vein, that you don't want it following you for the next like year of your life, right? Like when you get back from your honeymoon to still be paying for something that's in the past, it's so, so hard. And you're starting off probably statistically speaking in debt already with student loans and credit cards if you're just like the average American. And so starting off with that on top of wedding debt, mm-hmm. yeah, you look back and like I could have made so many different choices. And so it's one of those things a lot of uh, most people statistically speaking, Speaking regrets going into debt for their honeymoon or their wedding because it adds a level of stress after the fact that doesn't need to be there. Right, right. And it's just crazy how in the moment we're all so quick to make such quick decisions. And then that's how we easily rolled into getting into debt because we're so quick to make those instant gratification gratification choices. And they buy us you pay for it. Yeah, yeah. And I would say too, if you are getting married, like go talk to people and mm-hmm. kind of interview them and be like, hey, what were three regrets you had? Because I bet mm-hmm. a lot of people, it's gonna, you're going to find a similar theme yep. throughout. And yeah, kind of pick up on those and learn and plan ahead. The more you can kind of plan ahead versus having to make those knee-jerk decisions like you were saying in the moment, yes. that's where bad decisions are made because it's exactly. like instant, quick uh, decision you have to make that usually will end up costing you more in the long run. Right. Taking those easy steps that they are so simple, but are going to set you up for success, especially in those early seasons of marriage that, you know, lead into your whole marriage. And with that, let's talk marriage and money. Yes, (laughs) do it. (laughs) Big topic. So many things. There's so many things in this that I would love for you. You're the expert here. Um, I have literally like nothing to bring to the table. (laughs) You probably Um, have more than what you realize, but. (laughs) Yeah, yes, that I'm learning from other people. But with us, what are your go-to, maybe like three to five big pieces of 
of advice that you would give to newlyweds or really any season of marriage when it comes to marriage and money, how to tackle it, how to, all of it, just whatever you want. Yes. <laughs> whatever you uh, want. Yeah. And people have to, you really have to understand that money is a big topic. So if you're going into marriage or you're newly married, you may think, oh, it's not that big of a deal, but the habits you form early on are critical because again, studies show that uh, money is one of the leading causes of divorce in America today. It's one of the number one reasons people fight. They fight more about money than sex, household chores, and what's for dinner. Like, I mean, it's just this constant thing because money plays a part into all of our lives and every aspect of our lives. So it's a huge topic and you just have to have kind of this, you know, you, the spotlight on that topic as you go right. in, knowing that this could be an issue and it probably will be if you don't do some things on the front end. So uh, I tell couples of all stages of marriage, number one, embrace your differences because you're going to be different. Opposites mm -hmm. tend to attract, like we know, yes. you know, I'm always freezing to death. My husband's burning up all the time. Like I probably could be five minutes late all the time. <laughs> He's like, five minutes early. And it's like, oh, it's just opposites are going to happen and it's going to occur. And same with your money. One of you is probably going to be a spender. And actually that's me in our marriage, which is same. funny. I'm a spender. Yeah. And my husband, Winston, he's the saver. Uh, there's going to be a free spirit where they're like, oh, the details of the money, they don't really care about it. It's no big deal. Actually, that's me too, which is funny that I'm the one that talks about money and I'm more of that. Where one of you is going to love knowing everything that's going on. You're going to read every bill. You're going to do the budget. Everything's just, you know, so in line and you're kind of the nerd of the relationship. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be opposites, but you have to learn that neither is right or wrong. You're just different and you have okay. to embrace those. Now on the extreme sides on all of those topics, that could be unhealthy, right? You can't just totally. like, fingers. I'm like, we need the saver because we'll go broke. We'll spend everything we make. Exactly. But we give the saver a life and we let them have fun. And it's like, no, you can right. actually enjoy and spend your money. So, so yeah, you can't have these like far extremes, but you kind of have to meet in the middle at some point, but just recognizing and understanding you're going to be different and that's okay. So that's a big one. Uh, I'd also say to budget together. Mm -hmm. This actually probably could be number one, honestly, the best piece of advice because so many couples, they run in two different lanes. And what ends up happening is you end up saying, oh, it's my money and his money. Or that's her, that's what she pays for. This is what I pay for. Some couples even have different accounts. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of this two different lane. And I am like, caution, caution sign, no, no, no. You need one account. It is our money. It is not your money or his money or her money. It is our money. My friend Chris Hogan says we all need to be more French. We oui, we. Oui. And I love that. I'm like, yes, it's so true. It's us. And so you are a team. And so because of that, you need to budget together. And so sitting down and understanding, okay, this is our money, our income, whether it's two paychecks coming in, I don't care where the money comes from, but once it hits the account, here's what, what it's going to be. And so for a budget, you actually need to budget the month before. So at the end of the month, look at next month and say, okay, this is what's coming up. And then sit down together and say, okay, let's give first, put some money towards giving. We're going to save some things, put some money on savings. And then you're going to list out all of your expenses, everything you spend money on from your rent or mortgage to the utilities, to gas, to clothes, to cell phones, insurance. I mean, everything you put down and you put a dollar amount next to each of those categories. And the goal is for your income minus all of those categories equals zero. So every dollar coming in is assigned to a category. And not only financially does everyone need to do this, right? A budget right. 
you're telling your money what to do. I mean, you are truly in control versus your money controlling you. So doing that is, is imperative. But when you're married, doing it together. And again, the opposite effect is true that one of you is going to love this. Like if you're the nerd listening, you're like, oh, I'll get Excel out right now. Like I'm so excited. <laughs> and so you'll have to realize that your spouse probably is like, eh, I could take it or leave it. Like not Maybe a big deal. Not. But remember that you are a team. So sitting down together and doing the budget together. And once you do this, it takes about 90 days to get your budget to work. And this is, that's kind of true for anyone. Uh, So give yourself about three months. And then once you start that, it's like, okay, this is because it starts to become a habit. And those budget meetings that you have with your spouse, like they shorten, they get like Winston and I, it takes us probably six minutes to do our budget. Cause most stuff carries over month to month. Like the bills are usually the same. There's not much that changes unless something, you know, Christmas comes up in December. Okay. You know, we'll add a Christmas line item, that kind of thing. But um, for the most part, what ends up happening is you start communicating about life and you say, Oh yeah, I have this birthday party or, you know, we, you know, a if you have kids, it's like, okay, yeah, they have school fees and she's starting ballet. And like, you start talking about life and that's what ends up happening too, is the communication even between you guys is, is massive. So, Mm. so yeah, the budget is key. Embrace those differences, do a budget together. And then I also tell couples to dream together Mm. because it's so easy in life again, for no matter if you're married or not, that it's like, you wake up in the morning, you get breakfast, you get dressed, you get showered, you get out the door, you go to work, you come home, you meet friends, you put the kids down the bed, you're trying to give them, you know, baths and dinner. And it's just, it's nuts. Right. And you get stuck in that cycle so quickly that you forget to look up and to be like, Hey, what do we want to do with our life? And yeah. especially when you're married that you may have, you know, independent passions, which is great, yeah. but find a dream that you can work towards together. And maybe that's, you know, paying off the home early, getting out of debt. Maybe it's, you want to, build a house. Maybe you, you want to go on vacation once a year and you want to save up for it. Like, I don't care what the goal is, but have that dream that you're both working towards because it makes life so much easier when you're working as a team. Mm, that's so good. I love that. Well, and I, and I love to, I, I would love for you to dig into this a little bit with us. You mentioned that the first thing in your all's budget is, is giving. How has giving and tithing blessed you all as a couple, as a family? Like, what has that looked like for you all um, and for your marriage? I would, I would love for you to kind of invite us into that. Yeah, giving is something that um, I stress so heavily because it changes who you are. Like when you give, it changes so much of your life and you move from the spectrum of being selfish to selfless and you start to view others with the value that they have and to live your life with that open hand, which is scary for a lot of people. So that's why I say, give a little until you can give a lot. So be giving something, put something in that budget. And even if it's, you know, for some people, it's like, okay, 20 bucks this month. We'll do that. You know, start somewhere though, start somewhere and work your way up because what ends up happening is that open hand mentality, it changes your relationships, it changes your marriage, changes the way you parent because that selflessness is just being cultivated over and over and over. And money is just a point that um, you say, you know what, I'm going, I'm going to be a giver. And, And I meet people you know, that are 80 years old and they've been giving not just their money, but their time, their conversations. I mean, they, they just give constantly. And those are the people you talk to and you're like, I want to be like you when I'm older. Like you meet some people and you're like, I need to take a shower after hanging out with you because you're gross. And like, I just feel it. You're shallow. And it's just like all about you yes. all the time. And you meet people the opposite of that. And you're like, you're just like a, be- like a beautiful person, like inside and out. It's like, golly. 
And that, and if you if you know those people in your mind, I guarantee you they are a giver because it is, it's amazing what happens. And so, um, yeah, in your marriage and Winston and I, we actually kind of have a new goal in this next year that I, I pushed on him because I'm an emotional giver. You can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. He's like very much more calculated. It's like, we have our things that are set. He looks into them. He checks their tax records and he's like, okay, I'm good. You know, we're good. Yeah, exactly. But I'm like, oh, but I told him, I was like, we, we used to give to one organization, um, pretty heavily that we've kind of pulled back from, Mm -hmm. uh, just not, for any particular reason, but we just did. We're like, yeah, we'll kind of pull back from that and give something else. But I've told him our goal is I want to find something like that, what that used to be for us Mm -hmm. again, because when you can find something, whether it's a cause, a movement, a nonprofit, whatever it is like that you can work towards together and you give together, I think it's just a beautiful thing that unites you. And so that's kind of, we tithe, that's kind of our baseline, but we do like to give above that because of where we are financially, we're out of debt and have our emergency fund and all of that. So we're able to give more, uh, which is exciting and kind of the goal of my message for people. I'm like, I want you to be able to be completely out of debt, have control of your money, fund retirement, do the things that you need to do so that you can have a great life for yourself and others. And, you know, there's not a point of just like building up a bunch of savings accounts, you know, for you right. like, to be able to give away money. It's just, it really is the most fun, the most fun you can have. I love that so much. And, and even just hearing you talk about it, it, it sounds like giving is such a source of joy for you guys. It is because I, you know, I'm I'm a believer. So I totally look through the lens of uh, everything we have, we are managing for God, like Mm -hmm. all of our blessings, whether it's our marriage, our parenting, our home, our education, our jobs, like our income, everything is his that he has, I so believe purposefully planted in our lives for a reason. So I'm like, okay, this is all his to manage. And I look at that. I'm like, we were created in the image of God, it says in Genesis. And he is the ultimate giver. I mean, he gave his son. And so I, and so for me as a believer, all of that's connected so deeply. And I'm like, I just believe you become more like Christ when you give. And that's more than just money, but it starts with money because it's a trust issue a lot of people have. But to get to a place where you say, you know what, I'm going to, again, view others um, and really put my money there, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and see that because it it's amazing. I'm like, yes, girl, you're speaking to my heart. <laughs> I love it so much. What has been for you all as a married couple, and this could be money related, not money related, whatever. What has been the best piece of marriage advice you all have ever been given or is your favorite thing to tell couples? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, it's funny. It was advice that the person doesn't even remember they gave, but I stuck with me. It was actually my dad, which is so funny. Um, yeah, I know. I know. Um, we, I I personally, when we had first got married, um, kind of the circles we were running in, it was kind of like this big hot topic marriage was at the time. And it was like, what your roles are, what you're supposed to do, who does what it's like, it was this huge topic. And there were differing opinions and everyone was passionate about their opinion. And I was like, I don't know what's right. Like, you know, I got so caught up in the, in the weeds. And I remember one night I was asking my parents because the whole argument and this probably is getting over people's heads. People probably don't care about this, but it, I it, love it. you know, you are utilitarian or egalitarian or like the two big definitions of marriage and people, yes. you know, and I remember being like, are you guys egalitarian or utilitarian? Like, oh my gosh, I don't know who to be. I don't know what to be. Um, and my dad was like, Rachel, chill out. And I was like, I know, I just, I just want to know. He's like, I don't know. I don't care. I mean, literally, he goes, I don't know. I don't care. And he looked at me and he goes, just serve each other. 
Mm. Just serve each other and it usually all ends up okay. And then we like kept on with the conversation. Like it wasn't, but for me, it's monumental. And I'll bring it back up every now and then. He's like, oh, that was good advice. He's like, I don't remember giving it, but (laughs) I agree with it. I'm like, yeah, well, you said it. But yeah, that was for me. And I'm like, you know what? Whether it's doing the dishes, like something as like small and householdy as that, or it's something bigger in conversation or, you know, Winston and I, like when we had our second child, it was like this huge conversation. I didn't want to have it yet. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And he's like, oh, you know, he was getting paid, you know, so, and I, and I had a good friend that she was like, you know what, just, just, why don't you just yield to him? Cause he's yielded to you a lot and all of your traveling and all you do is work. And I was like, oh. it was like this moment of like, oh my gosh. And so I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm selflessly. Cause I don't sound exactly what I want in the moment. And I was like, you know what, for this season, I will serve that. And now I look back and I'm like, thank you, God, that I did that. And, and again, so it's serving on a small level and a big level. And he does, the, he does probably more for me, honestly. I'm like, he's like the best thing ever. But, it's, but it is when you have that mentality of like, I'm just going to serve you mm-hmm. in every which way. It's pretty, it's pretty remarkable what happens. Mm-hmm. But I'm no, I'm no doctor. I'm no, I'm no marriage counselor. So. <laughs> You're like, let me just give my money. <laughs> it's just, it's worked for us. I'll say that. Well, exactly. And I love that. And your dad even said it out of a place of, well, I don't know, but it's what's worked for us. And it's evident that it's been a ripple effect for you too. And it just keeps going and going. Totally, totally. <laughs> so there you go. Ripples on ripples. It's perfect. Um, all right. It's that time of the interview. We asked this of everyone that is a guest on our show. Our mantra here at Twirl is she twirled through life with a heart full of joy. What for you is the foundation of your joy? Oh, gosh. Um, the foundation. I would say in this season of life right now, it's family. Mm-hmm. It's Winston, my husband, and the girls, like our immediate like we're just kind of in a fun spot right now and work's a little nuts. I'm kind of in travel season right now. And it's something I obviously I, I love and I'm so passionate about, but, but right now, I don't know. It's kind of this, uh, we've kind of just hit this fun spot as a family and I love it so much. Like there's, there's hard seasons, like good Lord all the time. Right. Like we, I know. And with kids and all that, but right now, I don't know. We've kind of just hit now. It'll probably change tomorrow. Of course. But, but as of right now. Yeah, I would I would say that there's kind of just a, a sweet spot right now there. Oh man, that's good. I love that for you. And you know, just just soak it in. Man, that's good. That. That's good. I know it's so hard to just be present, you know. And I think like yes. we all probably struggle with that, whether it's jobs or you know, it just it feels like you always kind of want to just do the next thing. And okay, well, you know, and that gets in. We could get into the money discussion there. I want to buy, you know, a new yeah. car, you know, whatever it is. It's like mm-hmm. we can start to be so future thinking that yes, in the moment, just taking a breath and being like, okay. We're going to just sit here and enjoy this because it's good. That contentment is huge. Yeah. Yes. I was literally just having this conversation with my best friend the other day because she's freaking out a bunch of stuff, you know, money, work, future plans, what have you. And I looked at her and just said, you are not going to steward well your life right here, right now, today. If you're freaking out about everything else, just, so just breathe. It's good. And, and steward well where God has you right now. Not that I'm saying don't dream about the future, but and what could be, but don't get lost in it. Right. Well, that's and what we, what's happening now. Yeah. And I talk about that a lot with contentment. And in my book, I say this too, but I'm like, contentment is not apathy or it's not laziness. Like you can still be striving for future things and have goals and all of that. But there is this sense of peace of like in the moment, here's where we are. And that is true contentment. So I love yeah. that. So good. Mm, that's so good. Friend, this this is such a treat. 
I'm yes, so grateful. Thank you. Thanks so for having me on. Of course, of course. And well, tell our friends uh, where they can follow along with the life of Rachel Cruz. Um, you know, all the things from where to find you on the internet, your book, all the things, all the things. Because um, this has just been so much fun. And I'm so, so, so grateful that you took the time to hang out with us today. But yeah, tell our friends where they can find you um, and follow along because if they didn't already know you, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, I have to hang out with Rachel every day. So tell them, tell them how to do that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm on all social media. So Instagram is probably my favorite. I just, I, I have a love-hate relationship with social media, but if oh, I, 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 yes, I know. Right. My husband's always like, there's way more downside than upside here. I'm like, I know, I know, but <laughs> kind of a guilty pleasure. Yeah, I have. Yeah. But Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, I have actually the Rachel Cruz show. It comes, uh, we launch an episode every other week. So that's on YouTube and Facebook. So make sure to check that out. And yeah, uh, books are on rachelcruz.com or Amazon or anywhere books are sold, any bookstore, all the above. So yeah. I love it. And guys, seriously, go read or listen to her book. I know I am so grateful for it. My life has been changed and y'all will be too. I'm so glad. I'm so glad it helped. I'm so thankful. Good. Good. Yes. Gosh. It's seriously, it's so good. So, um, if you loved what you heard today from Rachel, the book is even better. So thank you again, friend. Thanks girl. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Y'all, do you get now why I was like, I want a mini Rachel in my back pocket because she just is the best. She's the best. You get it now. Or at least I hope you get it now. (laughs) Um, Y'all, she is the best. I hope that hearing today's conversation really does just propel you in the direction to love your life, to be present where you are, um, steward well the, the things that you've been given and to dream about what living abundantly looks like for you, not the lives around you and what their abundance looks like, but your life. What does content living look like for you? Um, yeah, guys, I hope that message just stirs in your heart and you can think through and pray through what that would look like for you. If that's debt-free living, like come on board, 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 board. Oh, heaven help. But yes, come on board. I am pushing to do that for myself this year. And Rachel seriously is one of the best cheerleaders you could have in your life for it. So if you're not following along with her already, hop on over to her Instagram, her website, her YouTube and Facebook pages, like just have Rachel in your life cheering you on to live contently and abundantly right where you are. Um, y'all, I just, I really do hope that you love this episode. I know that I loved having this conversation with Rachel, uh, as a like, woohoo, the last two episodes were amazing. And, and if you didn't know, Christy and Rachel, Christy Wright was our, um, guest on the last podcast. Uh, we're doing a really fun bundle of some of their products together over on our twirl talk podcast, Instagram page this week. So hop on over to there and enter to win this little bestie bundle because not only do they work together but they just do life together and are really fun empowering amazing wise women so their products are just as impactful as they are so do not miss out on entering in that giveaway it's super great and i'm super excited about it so all you got to do is go over to our instagram page at twirl talk podcast and all the details will be there to enter to win super excited can't wait to see who the winner is and other than that guys while you're uh 
go into all the places on your phone while you're at it, why don't you just hop over to the podcast app on iTunes <laughs> and um, leave us a five-star rating and a kind review. We would be so incredibly grateful not to like pump up our ego, but just to serve others as much as we can to let them know that this is a great source to come to for advice and encouragement in whatever season they find themselves in and also specifically in wedding planning. Y'all are amazing. We are so deeply grateful for you guys. If you want to keep up with us, you know where to find us at Twirl Top Podcast and at Twirl X on Instagram or twirlboutique.com slash podcast for all show notes and details from today's episode and the previous ones as well. You guys are amazing. Have an incredible rest of your week and we'll talk to you next week. We love you guys. Bye.